Welcome to the Vine Church. We look forward to experiencing community with you. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. Enjoy the message. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Travis. I'm the lead pastor here at the Vine. Man, uh, I, what I love about what just happened is it, it, it's kind of like a big first step that parents take where they say, I'm all in. And what I love about that is it fits really well with my message. So uh, let, me, let me jump into this. I want to tell a little bit of story uh, as we get started. Um, so years ago, I used to snowboard. And I grew up in Montana, and that was a pretty normal thing. And so uh, it's something that I enjoy doing. It's something I've done a lot. But over the years, I would get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And I made friends with uh, a professional snowboarder. Now, here's the thing about snowboarding with a professional snowboarder, is they take all of the fun out of snowboarding, (laughs) right? Because they're really good, and you're just not as good as they are. And so it's just kind of like, hey, let's go do this thing that might kill you. And it's just kind of this continuous thing. Well, uh, one day, my buddy, his, his name was Papu. It's like the perfect snowboarder name. Like, I... Papu, right? And he was as chill and cool as you would picture, right? So Papu's like, Travis, it's time, man. Like, you're ready. It's time. You're ready for, you ready? The half pipe. I did not feel ready for the half pipe, but apparently it was time in my development as a snowboarder that this was going to happen. And so how many of you know what a half pipe is by show of hands? Okay, for those of you that don't know, picture like a soup can. You take the ends off, you cut the soup can in half, and you've got that nice little like thing. That's a half pipe. Only the walls are about as tall as our walls here, and they're all snow, right? And so it's just this giant snow bowl thing. And so the idea with the half pipe is you're supposed to like go down the half pipe, up the other side, and do some kind of cool fancy trick, and then land the fancy trick, and then keep going. That's the idea anyways. So uh, it's time for me to go down the half pipe and I'm like getting ready and I, we're up on the mountain, but you can see the half pipe down below and I'm going down the mountain and I'm getting closer and closer. And so I start to like slow down because I'm like, that's scary. I'm going to die. This isn't going to end well. And so I start like slowing down and kind of, you know, doing my thing. And then I go up the half pipe and I go all the way up to about the middle of the half pipe. So picture like the middle of the wall. And then I stop, and I just fall. <laughs> just like straight back, slide down, and then I kind of do that whoop, 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 whoop. Like. And so then I get up, and, and I go down, catch the lift, and I try it again and again. And I get about three or so times into this, and finally my buddy Papu, he's like, listen, man, here's what you got to do. You, you, you're only going half in. You can't, you can't do a half pipe like that. You got to like really commit to this thing. And you've got to be all in. If you're going to hit the half pipe, you've got to be all in. So here's what I want, that, want you to do. You're going to go as fast as you can down this mountain. And then you're going to hit the half pipe. And you're going to go up. What he didn't tell me is when you hit the half pipe, you do indeed go up when you have that much speed. But you actually go past the top of the half pipe. And then you just kind of go up into the air And I think that's when you're supposed to do some fancy trick. That's not how it worked for me. So I go straight up in the air, and then it was terrifying, so I just froze in place. And so I went up, 
and then down, and then up, and then down. And it was like this perfect little like teeter-totter moment. And, but it was exhilarating, and it was amazing, and it was so much fun. And I was like, I, I did it. And I didn't even die. And I get done, and like I look back, and Papu is just laughing as hard as he can because he watched me just whoop, 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 right? And so I, I, I'm like trying to figure out, okay, I can do this again. But here's my point. What I discovered is I couldn't do this halfway. Like in order to hit the half pipe and do this effectively, I couldn't do it halfway. I had to go all in. I had to really give myself to it, commit to it. I had to make it happen. And so today, we're going to continue a message series titled New Year, New Me, Same God. But today, we're going to talk about what it means to be all in. All in for God's kingdom. Like, what does it mean to live Jesus first, God's kingdom first in our life? Because Jesus taught us to think differently, to act differently than the culture around us. Jesus challenged us to raise the bar in our life, to live our lives kingdom first. But what does it mean to live kingdom first? What does it look like to be all in for God's kingdom? Here's what it means. Living kingdom first or being all in for God's kingdom means we acknowledge God as our first priority. His mission, his message, and his desire for our life, that's what it means to be all in, that those things become our first priority that we give God access to every part of our life. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Because I don't know about you, but, but if you're anything like me, sometimes it feels hard to be all in all of the time. Sometimes I make mistakes. Sometimes I struggle. Like, for example, how many of you have ever stubbed your toe? Yeah. You know when I don't feel like a Christian? When I stub my toe, right? Like you stub your toe and you're like, I have a lot of thoughts going through my head right now, but none of them are Jesus loves me, right? Like you're not thinking like kumbaya. Like you're thinking, ah, I want to hit something. I, I, like there's, I think worse thoughts than that. Anyways, but my point is this. Sometimes we have shortcomings. Sometimes we don't do the right thing. So how do we live all in? all of the time with our life consistently oriented towards God's kingdom, even though we have flaws, we have shortcomings, we have these things in our life. How do we live in that way? Well, here's what I propose. Living kingdom first, living all in, it starts when we give God access to our heart. It starts when we give him access to our heart. Then it continues each day as we learn to follow Jesus in the little things. Each day making another choice to give God access again and make little decisions along the way that, that, that amount to big results over time. Going all in, it starts with a decision within our heart to say, Jesus, you are my first priority. I want to see you glorified in my life above any other thing that I have going on. 
So that's what it means to live all in. And when we allow God to access our hearts, the message of Jesus, it has the power to literally, quite literally, change our lives. And so if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me to a passage in Mark 12, verse 38. And this is a significant all-in moment that we see in the ministry of Jesus where he points out the all-in nature of a woman. So Mark 12, verse 38. It says this. Jesus is teaching and he says, Beware of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces. And how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at the banquets. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be more severely punished. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and he watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor woman has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Everything she had to live on. Let me pray and we're going to unpack this. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you speak to us and would you reveal to us just some different things that, that are here in this passage that we can apply to our lives today. In your name we pray. Amen. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to, to dive into this passage a little bit, but I want to pull kind of three big ideas that we see here. And, and I want to talk about these three big ideas because I think they will help us live a kingdom first, all in approach to God's kingdom. And so the first thing that we see here is this, let your actions speak louder than your words. Let your actions speak louder than your words. In verse 38, Jesus, he gets pretty direct here, doesn't he? He, he, he gets kind of in the grill of the religious teachers of the law by pointing out their hypocrisy. And we should all pay close attention to this. I think a temptation when we read a passage like this is to be like, well, that's for the religious teachers of the law. That's not really for me. But, but I think there's something that could be learned here for each and every one of us if we're paying attention. And I think we can apply this to our lives. Because he says this, he says, beware of these teachers of religious law. Now, when you see the word beware, what do you first think of? Like, beware, right? Like, caution. Like, when I see the word beware, there's probably like a beware sign somewhere on the half pipe that's like, beware, do not use the half pipe. But like, you know, the reality is when we see beware, we're like, stop. We look around. We're like, what, what do I need to be aware of? And it says, beware these teachers of religious law of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace. So they would dress really nicely so that people would see them and go, oh, 
What a godly man or woman these people happen to be. Look at how godly they are because of the way they dress. And then he continues in how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head of the table banquets. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be more severely punished. He's saying, look, like, don't be the kind of people that like say one thing and look really nice on the outside, but on the inside are dishonorable and doing all manner of treacherous and terrible things. Like, don't be like that. Instead, be like the kind of people that would be honorable. And then your life would begin to show that you honor God and others. In fact, some of them were cheating widows out of their homes. Now, how this worked, and I think it's important for us to kind of understand this, is that in that culture, a married man, if a married man died and he had debt, his debt would be passed on to the widow. Now, the challenge was widows and women in general did not have the same rights in that culture back in antiquity as men did. And so sometimes what would happen is to pay the debt, no matter how big or how small, the person that they owed the debt to would come and take their house from them. So picture this. This is quite an injustice. So picture that, that the husband and the father of the house has just died. These guys have just lost a loved one. And in the midst of their loss and their grief, they're kicked to the curb, even over a small debt that maybe they could pay over time. And sometimes they would do this and take advantage and pad their pockets along the way. And Jesus is saying, don't live like this. Instead, do what's honorable and let your actions speak louder than your words. Jesus is helping us see that if, if we want people if we want to be people of God's kingdom, our character should be reflected through our actions. My wife is a brilliant example of this. I love, I love bragging on my wife because she's, she's really good at this. My wife, Jenica. And about a week and a half ago, you guys remember when we had that like crazy Arctic tundra thing going on here in Indiana, right? Like it was like negative five outside and snowing and it was kind of nasty and I was loving it. Anyways, uh, we won't go there, but my wife, she woke up in the morning and you know, typically when we get up in the morning, one of the things that we try to do, and we're not perfect at this, but we try to just utter just a, a quick little simple prayer. And we, we say something to the effect of Holy Spirit, would you use my day? Would you use me today? in whatever way you would like to use us. We just, we just try to pray that. It's just something that we try to do. And this was one of those days that I think the Lord was listening and he said, yes, indeed, I will answer that prayer. And so Jenica gets up and she goes about her day and she hops in her car to find out that her, you know that little mysterious light that's like orange with the line around it? It says something like check engine or something like that. Like that popped on. 
And we were like, ah, oh, man, you know, we just got this car not long ago. I didn't want to have to repair it so soon. And so we're like, okay, well, let's schedule, you know, the mechanic and get it done. And so she calls the mechanic and gets it scheduled. And so that later that evening, it's like blizzarding out and the snow starting to accumulate. But we've got to run her car over and drop it off at the mechanic the night, night before they were going to work on it. And so we drive over there and we're like trying to drive safely and, you know, going through the snow. And we get there, drop her car off and we're driving home and in the middle of the road is this lady and she's got a van that is broken down in the middle of the road and my wife being just amazing she's like we we really need to stop and I was like yeah let's do that let's stop let's figure out what's going on see if we can help so we get out we walk up and it's like negative five. This lady is like shivering and she's trying to by herself, like try to push this car out into a driveway because it's like dead and it's not working. And we walk up and I notice like, I don't know how this happened, but she's got a blown rear tire and her car is completely out of gas. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that works, but I didn't ask. I was like, clearly you need some help and we're here to help. How can we help you? And so, but in that moment, just as we're getting out, another person stops and gets out of their car. And it just happened to be another pastor from Crossroads. And so here we are, three pastors, me, my wife, Jenica, and this pastor from Crossroads, having this encounter with this lady that doesn't know Jesus, and here we are to help her push her car into a driveway. And my wife is like, this is an appointment from the Lord. She's far more spiritual than I am. Like, I'm like, we're pushing a car out of the road, right? And she's like, no, Jesus is here right now. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. Okay, so we end up helping this lady and then we invite her like, hey, can we give you a ride somewhere? And so she hops in our truck and we start to drive her to her house so that she can get help and get everything figured out. And as we're driving her, my wife just like snaps in gear and she's like, because this is an appointment, I want this lady to know how much Jesus loves her. And so she begins to tell her like, listen, you don't understand, like, like Jesus loves you so much that he sent three pastors to come and like, like help you today. Like the, the, he loves you so much. He sees you. He wants to be there for you. And she begins to minister to this lady. And this lady, you know, just I can tell that it's like moving in her heart and she's like receiving this love and is like really blessed by this. And, and then my wife at the end, she's like, can I, can I just pray for you? And so there we are sitting in the truck just praying for this lady. And I can tell just the words that Jenica is praying are just landing and she is ministering the kingdom of heaven to this lady. And you see, this all happened because we, we just said, God, we want our life to be available. But it happened also because Jenica, she, she lives this way. Her actions are louder than her words. And this is how she lives her life every single day. And so for us, how are we living our lives? What are our actions saying louder than the words we're speaking? We should take that to heart. We should take that to heart. A second big idea that we can pull out of this passage this morning 
is quiet character gains an audience with God. Quiet character gains an audience with God. This woman, it it says though she gave a small amount, she gave everything she had to live on. She gave it all. And most didn't even notice her extreme act of generosity. Most people wouldn't have even, wouldn't have seen what she was doing. But I love how Jesus responds to this. He goes, guys, 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 did you see what just happened? Did you see that? No, Jesus, like we just see a bunch of people giving money and like, no, I, what, what'd you see? No, 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 no. This woman, she gave more than everybody here because she gave everything she had. It says not that she gave just everything she had on her at the time. It said she gave everything she had to live on. Some of us would point a finger at her and say, man, that's irresponsible. How are you going to take care of your kids? How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to, you know, walk through life and feed yourself? And this woman's like, no, no, no. I know something you don't. I know that God will take care of me. And she had such incredible trust and faith in God and who God is that she was all in. And she said, I'm giving it all because God, you are faithful. And Jesus goes, wow, guys, look at this. Look at this. Quiet character gains an audience with God. I believe that Jesus was moved by this woman's extreme act of generosity because it it speaks of her incredible love and trust in who God is. That she was willing to go all in. There's something in that kind of trust that God looks at and goes, I can do something incredible through her. I can use that person. Because quiet character, it, it, it is something that God pays attention to. He sees what's in our heart. And so some of you, you you've been faithful for years and you've, you've wondered at times, does anybody see the things that I do for God's kingdom? And whether people see it or not, I guarantee you this, God sees you. And he sees every single thing you do in quiet when nobody else notices. And he says, well done. Well done. You have my attention. Quiet character gains an audience with God. And I believe God's kingdom is advanced by men and women who live their lives like that. Which leads me to my last big idea from this passage. Whatever we give to God, it's not about how big the offering, it's about the measure of sacrifice. Whatever we give to God, this isn't just about money, it pertains to money, but this is our whole life. Whatever we give to God, it's not about how big the offering, it's about the measure of sacrifice. And listen, I know we don't always like that word sacrifice. Right? It sometimes kind of like, ah, rubs us a little the wrong way. But man, that's just because we don't always understand 
the, the, the incredible implications that sacrifice brings. This woman didn't give an offering as big as most, but she gave everything she had. She sacrificed what she had to bring to God as an act of worship. You know, there's another passage in the Bible that, that talks about King David in 2 Samuel 24, where, where King David, he approaches this farmer and he asks him if he can buy his field from him because he wanted to build an altar that he could worship God with this, with this field. And so he approaches this man and he says, can, can I purchase your field? And the man, recognizing who King David was, he, he said, no, 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 let it be a gift to you. You can have it for free. And I, and I love David's response because it it's, kind of catches us by surprise a little bit. David's response in this moment is something to the effect of absolutely not. I will not give something to God that cost me nothing. And then he proceeds to pay this man just an incredible amount of money for this piece of land. It was somewhere between seven and ten years worth of wages is what he gives this man. And the reason is because David knew that sacrifice is an act of worship to God. And, and, I, and he didn't want to bring something to God that didn't have value. And so sacrifice shows our value in something. Because the act of sacrifice speaks of love. And listen, we do not have to earn a relationship with God. God is freely given a relationship to us through his sacrifice on the cross and through his grace. But I believe for us, our love towards God is not fully expressed without a measure of sacrifice. So to say we love God without sacrificing in any way means that we may not love God as much as we say. And any person in here who, who has ever loved their children or has ever loved a family member will understand this. That, that to fully express love to our children and our family members, at some point there is a measure of sacrifice because within that love, to its fullest and purest form, it requires a measure of selflessness. And selflessness by nature requires a measure of sacrifice. And so for us, sacrifice is about worshiping God and saying, God, I value you so much that I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to go all in in my life and sacrifice in these ways because you're worth it. You're worth it. So worth it to me. Some of you have sacrificed a great deal to follow Jesus. And some of you are just beginning that journey. But let me encourage you. Sacrifice as an act of worship, God never wastes our sacrifice for his kingdom. Our tears and our blood do not fall to the ground in vain when we sacrifice for God's kingdom. He sees 
what following him has cost you. He sees the moments that you have served and nobody has given you recognition. He sees the moments that, that it's maybe cost you friendships and relationships and other things. God sees those moments. And he doesn't waste them. Because they're an act of worship to him. Our sacrifices and the scars we bear are witness to a life well lived for God's kingdom. And listen, if you follow Jesus long enough, promise you this. You're going to have some pain in your life at some point. Somebody's going to mistreat you in some way for following Jesus. They might say something hurtful or do something hurtful. And it's in those moments that Jesus says, I see you. I see what you just walked through. And that's precious to me. Thank you for sacrificing for my kingdom. I promise you it's worth it. I promise you. You see, Christianity is meant to be more than just a plan B. I think some people call it fire insurance. <laughs> but it's, it's a plan A. It's, it's following Jesus is worth anything. It's, it's worth us giving our entire lives for. And so this week, I, I want to invite you to commit to living kingdom first in your life and to being all in and making a decision today that tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to be all in again. And the day after that, and the day after that, and listen, being all in looks different for each and every single person sitting in this room. For some of you, being all in, living all in, means that you may have to change and adjust some things in your life. For some of you, it means that you're going to keep doing some of the things you're doing, but you're going to just, you're going to press into it a little bit more. For some of you, it means that the faithfulness you have perpetuated in your life, you're going to stay steady, but you're going to ask God ways that you can take a deeper step towards him to see a greater increase of his love and presence in your life. And you're going to go all in again today and again tomorrow and the next day after that and so on and so on and so on. But it starts when we say, God, I want to give you access to what's in here. It starts when we open up our hearts and we say, God, you can have access to my life. All of it. Every nook and cranny. Every place. So I want to invite our worship team to come back up. And as they come up, I want to read in closing this last statement. It it's a statement by um, a man named Heraclitus who was an ancient Greek philosopher. And this is one of those statements that for me, like I, I kind of hear it and I'm like, yeah. Like it just kind of gets in me and I'm like, oh, all right. But it might not do that for you and that's fine. But, but I wanted to read it because I think there's an application that we can grab a hold of. And hear me, I don't agree with everything this philosopher says. He's kind of a kooky dude. But he said something brilliant here. He said this, he said, out of every 100 men in battle, 
10 shouldn't even be there. 80 are just targets. That's nice, isn't it? Nine are the real fighters, and we are lucky to have them, for they make the battle. Ah, but the one, one is the warrior, and he will bring the others back. One is the warrior, and he will bring the others back. I believe the difference between the warrior and the rest is the warrior, they are the few that decide they will commit and live all in. And I believe this applies to those that are warriors for God's kingdom just as much, if not more, than those that are warriors in the natural. Because the value of God's kingdom is far greater than any earthly kingdom. And so the invitation that I'm asking today is will you be a warrior for God's kingdom? Because warriors are all in. Will you take a stand and say, I'm all in. And Jesus, I'm giving you the best of my life. You can have it all. So here's what I want you to do. If you guys would stand with me right now. In a moment, we're going to go into one last song. And what I'd like you to do I'd like you just to sit with this for a minute during this last song and just, just reflect on the words and just, just asking the Lord personally, just saying, God, where are you inviting me to be all in? Maybe for some, it's where are you inviting me to be all in again? And then I just simply encourage you Tell him yes. And then this week, take the steps to live whatever it was that he invited you to be all in. For some of you, there's some dreams that God's planted in your heart. And you know God's put them there, and you don't know what to do with them, but there's some things you've got to do and step towards, and that's one of those things that God's saying, it's, it's time to be all in. For some of you, being all in, it's, it's that there's some things that he's inviting you to stop doing. And he's saying, man, that's, that's hanging you up. That's not going to help your life. And so for you to be all in, to take that step of all in, it, it's simply just to, to, to this week say, I, I'm going to walk away from that stuff, whatever that is. Listen, this is different for each of us but I'm confident of this, that God's invited each of us to live all in for his kingdom. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? And would you begin to show us the places in our life that we, you're inviting us. You're saying it's time to be all in and it's time to take a step in this area. God, would you begin to give us not just the strength, but the courage to to move past what is comfortable and into the unknown. Lord, would you meet us in that unknown? And would you draw us closer to you? God, I ask that this group of people right here
would be warriors for your kingdom. We would be all in, fully committed. We wouldn't live halfway. We'd be all in. That is it for today's message. We thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. We'll see you next time.